When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, and welcome back to Realistic Sustainability, and this time, I am here with Nick. Oh my gosh, I know, the first one in like two years almost without me. I was heartbroken, distraught, frustrated, angry. Mike, you left me out. I did, and I did for like two weeks. So we had one replay where we had my speech at MDA, because you and I, and I, I told everybody ahead of time, it's my fault. I have had a terrible schedule and I can't seem to synchronize correctly. I know your windows of time and I could not make them. And then the same thing happened the following week. And that is after we had, well, I think we had two or three shows built up. So we really haven't had this conversation in what feels like forever. It has been a minute and I'm telling you, you know, at first I'm like, well, he's going to get someone to fill in. And then it became, he's going to get someone to fill in. And then I was like, he is going to get someone to fill in. I pouted and kicked the can across the room. And yeah, it's been a minute and I'm jealous, but I'm happy to be back. We are happy to have you back. You're damn right. You're darn right you are. <laughs> <laughs> number two for the books. Great. Did you just swear again? I did. Lucky number two. Um, I'm telling you, I'm going to have to switch this. This is just not child appropriate. It, it probably isn't tonight. I'm sorry. I didn't. You know, and you're honest, this one is not child appropriate because this episode's full of spoilers. It is. It is. So, hey, if you have children listening, just remember this episode is another one of Nick's unsustainable holiday series, Easter. So That's remember right. that. Don't leave it for the kids. You cried at Halloween. You were distraught at Christmas, but here I come to ruin your dreams again. <laughs> well, before we get into that, how the heck have you been? Uh, I've been good. I've been busy. I am in the process of trying to get a handle on this year before it runs away from me because this season is going to be crazy, but I've been good. I'm also re kind of ripping apart like everything I've done the last year and starting from the ground up. Um, because when I started this catering company, I did it with the idea that like I knew I could make good food. And if I offered good food at like a, a ridiculously cheap price that I'd have no choice but to be busy. And I was right. Oh my God, was I? But I I think that we have enough positive feedback now. We're starting to get enough notoriety where I can start kind of doing things the way I had always envisioned them, preparing the meals that I love people, like I would love to serve. Like I want to give people good food and a good product at a good value. But like, there's just some things that like I'm happier to serve than others and some things that I would eat. And I want to serve the food that people want to eat. So I'm really excited about that. That is awesome. I have ups and downs with Dabble. We've, we celebrate the soul out yard sale coming up this may that is part of the railroad days which i don't think it's going to be you there i don't know if you're going to have a representative of tasty bits there if poor brian's going to be there trying to make food but you're supposed to be there 
Uh, yeah, you're right. I was. I was supposed to be there, and um, that was my fault. I never should have committed to it because I was like, no, I'm available. I had nothing that weekend. I actually had a wedding for like 300 people that weekend, and now I have a wedding and I have a prom, so I will not be able to be there. I do apologize. I'm sorry to the, the mighty city of Duran. I know they want my, my cheesy train-themed meals and names and stuff, but I, I, I can't. I apologize, but I think I'm going to try to get the space filled. I'll, I'll have Brian or someone there slinging tacos and nachos and quesadillas. Well, it sounds good. And of course, we all wish it was you and listeners coming to the fair. Would, they were expecting to see the superstar we call Nick. Well, I don't know if I had to call myself a superstar, but there is something and I'm going to be totally honest that I have come to terms with in the last year because it's only been a year is that. Everyone that wants to deal with my company wants to deal with me. They want to deal with me. And that is really hard sometimes because as the company grows and as things expand, I'm only one person and everyone, you know, they hire me and they expect me to be at their event, but I can't always do that. I can't be the person that does everything and expect the company to grow. I've got to be able to delegate and, you know, kind of allow people to help me and trust them to do the good job I know they can do. And that's hard for me. I'm a control freak, but I'm really hoping that I don't disappoint anyone. And uh, I'm going to do the best I can and make everyone happy. Well, and I have one more thing before we actually start the show. I saw this post on Facebook. Are you cheating on me? Is there another podcast out there that might have to do with food? Not yet. There's not. There might be one though. It's I, I'm in the process of kind of jotting down notes and writing episodes and not really episodes per se. I just like, I like talking about food and I like talking to interesting people about what they like to eat and how they like to go out to eat. And what actually spawned this, I'll only take another 30 seconds of your time is that we had this big group of people come into the bar where I work part-time and they ate dinner. And then we had added a gratuity to their bill because they're such a large group and they don't honestly tip good at all. And so the new policy is, is that large groups will be, have gratuity at have to worry about them tipping or not tipping because it's not fair for these these 10 and 12 tops to run the, these servers ragged back and forth and I need this, I need that. Oh, I need a beer, I need a shot. And they never want anything at the same time. Then deliver like 2 or $3 on a $200 bill. It's not appropriate. They should, should be getting between 35 and 40 bucks for that. And so I started thinking about it and I'm like, what are people's expectations when they go out to eat? You know, what do they have one set of expectations? You know, I know that I'm kind of the black sheep, but I have a different set of expectations for every different kind of establishment you could think of because I, I don't expect like, I don't expect to go to McDonald's to get great service. I, I right. don't expect to go into a Coney Island and get fine dining service. Heck, if I go to a Coney Island and the waitress brings me my food on time and the order's right and she doesn't sit with me, I'm tickled. <laughs> Right. And it sounds mean, but I just, I, I was just curious. So I, I did, I put a post up on Facebook to see who'd be interested in sitting down and talking about food. And apparently I expected two or three responses. I got a lot of them, but with that being said, I, I get the feeling there was a misunderstanding. I kind of think they all think they're, I'm going to take them out to eat and then we're going to talk about it. <laughs> and I don't, I thought I worded it specifically, you know, like very carefully, that it'd be easy to understand, but apparently I was wrong. So I, I haven't went any further with it. There are a couple of uh, people that, that commented on it that I intend on reaching out to. Cause even if I only do a few episodes, I think it'll be fun. Okay. Well, I was just checking because it, it seemed like you were moving on and I was getting a little nervous. Listen, Michael, you moved on in 30 seconds. You found a replacement for me. I don't want to hear it. But only for one episode. Yeah, that's how it starts, Michael. It didn't mean anything <laughs> to me. You don't understand. You never talk about my feelings. It's like prom all over again. I'm getting left. 
<laughs> and you knew who it was going to be. It's always Rob. It's Rob always, Bogan. It's always a friend. That, that, that's how you know the cheating is coming. And yes, <laughs> Rob Bogan is amazing. If anyone ever hears this, go check out the curated culture. He does amazing work. He's he's energetic and he's fun and he's super insightful. And I'm I'm honored to even know him. He's one of the most creative people I've ever met. There's and that too. A absolutely awesome human being. Yes, yes, he is. All right, with all my my bones out of the closet and all that stuff being pushed aside now, we should probably talk about this holiday coming up, this single-use surrounded holiday. Yeah, yeah, I think we should let the bunny out of the bag. I mean, there's no air in there, so they can't <laughs> breathe. So, I mean, it's, it's the nice thing to do. Well, and so when you think about Easter, there's a handful of things you think about. Candy, you know, chocolates, sugar candies, that grass that can kill your cat, the baskets that you, every year someone has to have another uh, another new basket of some kind, stuffed animals. There's a ton of things that are common. That last second, run into Myers and grab whatever you can find gift. You didn't name the one thing I expected you to. The one thing that bugs me more than anything in the world. What is that? Plastic Easter egg hunts. <laughs> I hate them. I hate them so much. It's not funny. The reason I hate them is for well, there's two reasons. One, you never seem to find all the eggs or the children never find all the eggs you purchased and have hidden. The other reason I dislike them so much is that if you don't find the eggs, they're just going to sit in your yard and, and just sit there and, and destroy the environment. You know, they're not going to go bad and they're just going to sit there and rot and, and, and be crushed. And it's just, it's horrid. I, I don't know. I, I can't believe you didn't say that. You forgot the eggs, Michael. Well, and, and you're right because to this day, Jameson still hides eggs in the house and makes the kids hunt for them, including our now driving Aiden. Oh, I bet you he is just, I could just see it now. I suppose he's got his head down, rolling his eyes, dragging his feet and hands. Or he's already scoped out everything, and he goes, like, how many do I have to get? Boom, boom, here you go. I'm done. Drops them and leaves. <laughs> and then gives them to the younger ones with whatever's inside. That's the height and the curly hair, man. But she, she still does it to this day. By the way, I was just looking at my notes while you were talking. I I listed the baskets, the grass, and at the end, I didn't read it. Plastic eggs. Yeah, that's right. You didn't read it. You, <laughs> you really broke the yoke on that one, Mike. I expect I, you to shell it out, and you didn't do anything. Yeah. Well, you know, you win some, you lose some. But you have all these stuffed animals. You've got, there's like a ton of like basic things that people grab just by default. I don't think it's ever really thought. I think it's just they walk into a store. I need some items because the calendar says so. They grab a certain amount, whatever they can afford, which I have a number here on average, and I'll get to it in a little bit. But they grab it. They leave. They give it to the person. They have fulfilled their obligation. See, I agree with that to a point, but I, I think that with with the um the dominance of stores like Walmart and Meyer, and when you and you go into them at especially this time of year, because Easter's on Sunday, they have these 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 numbers of different baskets, and the baskets are stuffed based on the price point they're sold at. So you'll have like ten dollar, twenty dollar, thirty, forty, hundred dollar baskets, and the, the the more expensive they are, the bigger they are. So you got your toys and your junk and your candy and this this weird woven basket with all that plastic fake Easter grass, and the whole thing is wrapped in plastic with a press plastic price tag sitting in a plastic shelf. Like, oh my God, I could go on for hours. But 
that's what most people do. Very few people I actually go through and like really build their own anymore for their kids. And what, I'll be honest, what I have found, I think, is the coolest thing to do for children when it comes to Easter. Instead of doing baskets, because I think that a basket, I think the whole premise of a, of a rabbit that lays eggs is ridiculous. But the, with the baskets, even dumber, what I like to do, and Heather and I have been doing this for some time now, is we'll find something the kids can use throughout the year. Like more often, it's one of those cube, like those cube organizer tote things, or it'll be like a big pop popcorn bucket and everything that goes in there are things i mean there's a lot of food but a lot of it can be used throughout the year so we we don't buy easter grass like i tried vacuum out of the carpet one time we don't buy it it's dangerous for your animals too by the way it's it is terrible you ever see the dog like scrape her butt across the floor for 20 feet trying to get a piece out it's disgusting (laughs) well and dangerous yeah it's definitely dangerous well and, and i think we've done it before with trash cans where we put a few things and it's usually like Aiden would get men's body wash and a cooler deodorant and a few few candy items and then you know a thing of pencils that he'll use that he likes to draw that those kinds of things. I think we've done that kind of stuff too. But I know you're going to be shocked. I pulled some numbers. You hold on. You pulled numbers. Uh, it's been a few weeks since I've been able Ooh. to just pull some numbers and talk some stats. I don't know, Mike. Uh, you say it's been a few weeks. Listen, you do spreadsheets for free time. You're bored. You're like, oh, I got to get out of Excel. I got, <laughs> I got time. And you start putting stuff together and whatnot. So I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not surprised you pull numbers out. Okay, first things first. Excel is like a game. It's fun. It's a blast. You can do amazing things with Excel. Tetris is a game. <laughs> I can, you know what it's almost time to do? It's almost time to use Excel to map out my whole garden. That's weird, but okay. And if you, and if you don't think that's true, just ask Jameson. Well, I'm sure she, it's true. The moment I show her the first time, I see her less until I plant. <laughs> uh, because I jostle it around, make some changes. Oh, hon, you got to see this new configuration. And she does not want to see the new configuration. Um, no, it's because the new configuration means you moved one pea and one one tomato. And and I think this year I might even do multiple tabs and have the Edible Landscape Project integrated into Excel. Ooh, you'll have multiple tabs. Fancy. <laughs> I, I do like Excel. Uh, and I use it for just about everything. That is true. Anyways. Easter-related cost, just in the United States. Easter-related cost, $21.6 billion with a B. That is what? Like, you said how many many billion? $21.6 billion in Easter-related items. That's like $400 per state. (laughs) Right? That's That's about close. Like $430 million or something? It is a ton of money that goes into the the financial system into our economy purely from this one holiday which let's face it i know it's based on a religious holiday but almost everybody celebrates it in some way okay just just a side note it is 420 million you're welcome i had to do the math getting all rain man (laughs) kmart sucks okay um (laughs) But that's insane. Just for just for the you know the 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 chocolate egg poop and Easter holiday. Oh yeah, and so I broke this down. It's not necessarily in order. So I have some stats, and then I have some other. I have some financial stuff, and then some general stats. Just in Easter clothing, just in new clothes for that day. You know, fast fashion's a problem to begin with. 
But just because of Easter, Americans will spend $3.6 billion on new outfits purely for Easter. Um, okay, to be fair, those numbers, of all the numbers you're going to tell me, that one doesn't shock me as much. Because Easter Sunday is a big church holiday. So people are buying new clothes to go to church. Then afterwards, you know, it's a Sunday dinner is a big thing. So they want to look good for Sunday dinner and pictures. And that actually makes kind of sense. It's not like they're all going out buying rabbit costumes and stuff. So I, I continue, but I'm not, I'm not as shocked and appalled at that one. For me, I was never... I never had that as a kid. We didn't go buy new outfits. We didn't do those things. You know, Jamie, on the other hand, got a new Easter dress every year. You know, they they did follow those. So for me, it seems like an out, outlandish number, but we also didn't live that life. Are you now, upset that you didn't get a new dress every year? No, no, okay. I, I would look really bad in a dress. I don't know. Um, I, I remember the powder puff days. You you were a burner. <laughs> oh, thank goodness that cell phones didn't have cameras. Or there wasn't even cell phones. Now I think about it. No, but Polaroids existed. Oh, boy. Uh, so Easter dinner or food. This includes candy. Easter dinner or food. So people going out to dinner, the, the food in the baskets, whatever they bought for special holiday dinner. Oh, this is going to be like 12 and a half, 13 billion dollars. Then you're going to be very sad to find out it's 6.3 billion. I'm offended. And <laughs> ha- almost half of it is chocolate alone. Have you you can't call that crap chocolate. I'm a swore again. <laughs> Do you go for two uh, two for? Is You're this welcome. a tipsy Nick moment? This is not a tipsy Nick moment. If this was any later, it might have been a stone Nick moment, but it's not a tipsy Nick moment. Because you were talking about a campfire and some things were interrupting here. Yeah, so there is a there is a fire going on outside where the kids are burning. So we uh yeah, we had a lot of trees come down and limbs over like the wind storms we've had this end of you know winter and stuff. I didn't realize how bad it was until I walked in the backyard. Oh, we're having a fire today. Like it's <laughs> a lot of them. Yep. So I was just checking, just making sure because you just about thrown out your second swear for the night. No, I'm just so happy to be here, Michael. I'm overflowing with sarcasm and cheekiness. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take it. Let's see. The next thing is Easter gifts. 3.7 billion in Easter gifts. Oh, no. that makes sense. Lots of jewelry. Husbands getting their their fiancés and wives or both. <laughs> right. Uh something nice and shiny the word easter dinner easter service well and i found it was it was interesting to see the average american spends 180 dollars on easter that's it the so that tells you how widespread easter is it's not necessarily just a religious holiday it is no it's really celebrated it's it's celebrated by basically everybody that drives it, the average down it's the same thing with christmas it's not really really they're not really celebrated in in mass for religious purposes now i'm not trying to offend anyone yes there are you know the hardcore people that do practice for this for religious purposes but in general you know like everyone buys their kids easter presents like you said it's 180 dollars a family I mean, i'm guessing the average is a three-child household with about 60 bucks per kid well, I found some interesting other stats to go with some of these. So okay. I'm going to jump over to them. Hit me with the big guy. 60% of parents that were uh, polled, and I think this was People Magazine, okay. polled, plan to send their children Easter baskets even after they move out. Can I get on those lists? And I would like my <laughs> bat. I would like my Easter basket to be like made by like the tote company as like a laundry basket, maybe. 
full of cleaning supplies. I'd appreciate that. I um I gotta tell you the honest truth here. I never considered mailing my children more Easter things when they moved out. It yeah. never crossed my mind. Never. It once. doesn't cross any dad's mind. <laughs> well, apparently, it crosses sixty percent of parents. Yeah. You know, you know who's married to those sixty percent of dads? Their wives. <laughs> the motherly instinct. Oh, this is for my baby. He is needs this it. Gonna, this is gonna be what Jamie does, isn't it? Yeah, she's gonna mail them Easter baskets. She sure is. Or she's gonna be like, we need to go on a trip, but she's gonna buy Easter stuff, fill the back of your car or your truck, and you are gonna drive halfway across the country to say surprise and give them Easter. <sighs> okay, you're welcome. Next one. I didn't put the unit of measurement here, but oh, they're no. okay. 91 million chocolate bunnies will be sold in the United States every year, or at least this year. Okay, so I have a question. Um, mm-hmm. When you read these stats, does that include the day after Easter half-off sales? I have no idea. I believe it counts for all Easter sales. So, so I, count- I would assume so. So are these like maybe manufacturing numbers, like how many they sell in bulk to these big box stores? Likely. Okay, because I, I say that because this is what happens. Kids get Easter bunnies. Parents go back to the store the day after Easter, and they buy more chocolate that are not for the children. Now, <laughs> I... Do not like hollow bunnies, but you know where I get are those, I think they're called Robin's eggs. It's a, it's a Whopper shaped like an egg with the yummy candy coating on the outside. Oh, they're delicious. I love them. So before we go to this next thing, there's two things of when it comes to Easter that kind of get me. Cadbury eggs are one of them. I really do like Cadbury eggs, although I think they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller, or I'm just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know which, but it, I now need two instead of one. The other thing is jelly beans. So first of all, 16 billion packages of jelly beans, enough to circle the earth three times, will be sold this Easter. Now, one thing I'd like to tell everybody, because I like to sell myself out here a little bit, I like jelly beans, but I can only eat them five at a time, and they have to be the same color. That's very specific. It is. I had a friend of ours when I worked a long time ago at H&R Block who separated bags of jelly beans for me. And so that I could have them five at a time. And that the amount of jelly beans that were in there were in, it, they broke out in fives. So there would not be extra ones. Like if, if they're in a bowl, I would eat them five at a time at the same color until there was four or less of each color. So, okay, to be fair, I always forget jelly beans are a thing for Easter. <laughs> um, mainly because I don't like them. But B, I don't like, so this is the kind of the idea. Like you get an Easter basket full of Easter grass. Parents like open jelly beans for some reason and sprinkle it in there. So you've got to like pan through the grass for little bits of candy. It's just horrible. <laughs> like they might as well just, instead of using Easter grass, use cotton candy so the whole thing's edible and just take it up by the fist. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's gross. I don't like, I do not like jelly beans at all. At I do, all. but I, I'm, but I only do it with jelly beans. <sighs> And anything with separate flavors, so Skittles, for an example, or gummy bears or gummy, anything gummies, I have to separate all of them by their color and then eat them all as the same color. I don't like mixing the flavors. M&M's perfectly fine because they're not separate flavors. Yeah, you think that, but uh, that's not always true. They they sell a, um, oh God, what's it called? A party pack or a... Um... I don't remember what it's called. They sell a a, a pack of M&M's that, uh, that are peanut M&M's, peanut butter M&M's, white chocolate M&M's, white chocolate peanut M&M's, white chocolate peanut butter M&M's. And you just grab a handful. It's whatever you get is what you get. Yeah, I wouldn't buy those. I love them. 
<laughs> so now here's a stat that I, I think is low. And I think you might agree with me too. Possibly. On, only 81% of parents are going to steal candy from the baskets. Only 81? I really feel like that's 100%. I don't know I f- any any parent who doesn't at least sneak a piece. I feel like if you're not stealing the candy from your kids, you're not buying the, can- the right candy. Right, right. Because like ultimately, this is what happens. Adults want the best for their kids. So when they when it comes to buying things, they know their kids aren't like shouldn't have a lot of. They just buy what they want and eat it anyway. So it's eighty one seems low. It does seem very low. It like does if it was seem- my, if yeah, it's low. Okay, so here's a fun one. What's the most expensive chocolate bunny ever created? Is that a real question? It's a real question. I have an answer. Um. Let's see. Not sure if it was a rabbit or not. Let me think. Give me give me a second before you ruin this for me. <laughs> Most expensive chocolate bunny. $2,540. Not even remotely close. Okay, go on. $49,000 because its eyes were made you know, of diamonds. diamonds. Uh, just over a carat per eye. chocolate bunny and hopefully the person you buy it for doesn't accidentally eat the eyes yeah they'll come out eventually (laughs) you you thought it was bad to pan for candy in the grass of the basket that would be immensely worse we are not going to get into the conversation about what I think about the value of hardened carbon. Okay, we're going to leave that out. <laughs> well, we have a show about that, don't we? We can, we we do. We could just flush that down the toilet where it stays. The last, or uh, no, it's not the last stat. One of the last few stats: the amount of peeps sold. Oh God, yeah. I hope oh. not a lot. They're so <laughs> gross. One point five billion packages of this gooey or this gooey like sugar thing 1.5 billion packages are sold and 1.49 billion packages are thrown away so it it's probably like you know what is that left a hundred million of them that are probably consumed by kids that don't know any better or parents did they didn't buy them better candy one of my favorite, I don't know if anybody who listens to this listens to people like John and Hank Green, but they used to, if they screwed up in their, and their blog went over three minutes, they were punished. And Hank one time had to give away a hundred peeps. And he lives in a college town in Montana. He's thinking, not a problem. This is easy. And whatever he can't give away, he has to donate a certain amount of money per peep to their, I think it was uh, to stop world suck. I think was the the thing then. And he had a heck of a time. His first voice, just walking up to strangers, like, will you please take these peeps? And, you know, a couple of college kids ate a few, but he ended up having to eat the whatever he couldn't give up. And he only could do like 12. I think he ate 12 of them, which to me is about 12 too many. I yeah I I can't I don't like marshmallows at all like I I can stomach like a, a s'more every now and then but I despise like in general just just the texture ugh, no well and anybody who knows me knows that I buy marshmallows all the time but we fling them around the room with catapults and things that we build in STEM class we use which them as a, joints with spaghetti to build towers which are all better options than eating them I believe that is true all right what else we got here ten million egg dye kits sold per year and 180 million eggs purchased just for easter that's it that's a lot of freaking eggs it you kind it is but 
Okay, so when you went, when you were talking about the chocolate bunny, the reason I had asked, like, if this was including day after sales or if this was like for Easter specifically, is because I was equating that to a couple, two bunnies of family or something. And if even at three bunnies of family, it gives you thirty-three million families, and at thirty million families or so, that would give them maybe what, like, a half dozen eggs died per per household. Like, that's not a lot. We used to die a dozen at least. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one hundred and eighty. 180 million eggs. And I think that's just them taking the how many eggs sell on a regular basis versus this time of year, which is kind of an average number. But that is, to me, it still seems kind of, it's a lot of eggs. I didn't know a lot of people still died eggs, really, because with all the plastic ones and everything else, I thought they'd all move to those, which it's better to have an actual egg and then use it. Well, it is because they're still edible. You could actually, I mean, if you put them in the yard and actually look for them, you know, I guess not. But look, if you were just to dye the eggs for just for the activity of doing it with your kids, you could still eat them. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, you used to do the, you blow the egg out and make the shell hollow, but you still have the egg. You blow it out. You make scrambled eggs that day. Yeah, that's an option. Okay. I, we've we've talked numbers. We've talked the scale of the holiday. I think it's another one of those really big holidays where just has turned into mass consumerism. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And the first thing that I put on here to start trying to curb some of these was the very first thing you said. Leave the basket out. Pick something that is usable. Pick something that you need. If you need new laundry baskets... Then everybody gets a new laundry basket, and that's what everything goes into. Or for us, it was trash cans for the bedrooms. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those are all great options. You know, so skip the baskets. Unless you're getting a basket from a local supplier who weaves their own and you're going to keep it for decor reasons or use the same basket on a regular basis or even just the same basket yearly. So we're not buying those really flimsy dyed baskets because we we start talking about the embodied energy. Just the dyes alone that go into making those baskets is a massive amount of energy. So if we just use the same basket year over year, that's another advantage. Jamie does have those plastic eggs and she recollects them and uses the same ones year over year over year. If you're if you're going to use them, that's how you use them. Yeah. And so the thing when I, when I think about baskets, the, the new style baskets, I don't care for it. Now, when I was really young, I mean, really little, we had a couple of Easter's where we had actual woven baskets, not the plastic ones, but like actual like. I don't know what they're made out of, some kind of wood or wicker. But and those those aren't quite as bad. You can use those in home decorating. You could actually pot plants in those. Like there's a number of things you can do with them that give them a life after Easter. And and those I don't mind them per se. When I worked at Black Forest, we had a ton of baskets like that. We used them as like rolls. Mm-hmm. So we'd we'd put a nice linen in them and we'd tie a big bow on the top that matches the color of the weddings and we'd fill them with rolls on the buffet. And they were they were kind of cute. I mean, they weren't the greatest thing in the world, but they were cheap and they were um you know functional. Well, and that's the concept. Either use something that that is a gift, because like the trash can in a sense is a gift, or use something that can be used year over year over year over year. That isn't what we're getting right now at, at, at the large big box stores. We're getting something that is going to break and fall apart within minutes of them using it. Those will never survive to the following year. Oh, so yeah, not at all. It's better to find other things to set your your holiday gifts in. I was going to say back on the shelf and don't buy it, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah. And plus the value-wise. 
really think about the value of those prepackaged systems that they have there. They're very, very inexpensive items that you would have seen at a dollar store. The plastic molds for using a, you know, to make sandcastles, these very inexpensive items that they're trying to make look grandiose and charge you $50 for. This is all much easier to accommodate. We can do better than this. Well, absolutely. I think that um, my favorite Easter when I was a kid that I remembered, I mean, like, you know, I think maybe it was the last one, actually, that my mom got us stuff. But I I think it was going into being a teenager. And she, instead of having an Easter basket, I mean, she got us something. It wasn't like a basket. But instead of buying us a bunch of, like, or getting us something that was pre-made, she got us each a gift. Think something she knew we'd like or we'd use. And then she got us the candy we'd like. But it wasn't a ton of stuff. It was one item. And then a little bit of junk food. And, like, I, I, I was po- uh, Pokemon Sapphire version for the Game Boy Advance. I remember it like it was yesterday. And that's the only Easter gift I remember uh, my entire life. Uh, and I think that it's part of it. And actually, you know, she bought something that pertained to me that she knew I'd enjoy. It wasn't just some cheapo, here's uh, this season's collaboration of junk. Well, and I think that's part of it is reducing the amount of treats and, mm-hmm. and putting a few things that are usable in there. For Aiden, who's 16, getting him a new aftershave or getting him a new cologne along with, you know, he's he likes uh, jogging pants. So something like, like that, it, if you're going to give a gift, give a gift that's usable and usable for as long of a period as possible. And even though when you look at embodied energy and I just said clothing and I just said cologne or aftershave, it's still leaps and bounds better than chocolate and all the garbage that gets thrown away, especially that grass and all the other stuff. There's better ways of doing this. Give things. If you're going to care enough to give, give something that they'll like and use. And it's okay. And you throw a treat in there. Now I, I like, I prefer, we don't do it. And I've done it a couple of times in the past, but tried to get candies from local candy shops, which is becoming more and more hard to find. Yeah, local candy shops aren't near as common as I'd like them to be, and it, it hurts my heart. But on the same token, like candy is expensive, and it's a skill. It's 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 expensive to make, and it's a true skill, just like being a chocolatier. And keep in mind, when you say candy shop, I don't equate that with making chocolate. I mean, yes, chocolate is a form of candy, but it's also there are art forms in their own. And generally, one person that makes candies doesn't do chocolates. Okay. But I, you know, I think of like when we go to Frankenmuth where there's so many different shops that make so many different things. Yeah. Have you actually sat there and watched them make the hard candies? I've watched the taffy machine do its little cartwheels over and over again. I have seen them working fudge, but I have not seen the hard candies. Well, it's almost like both processes for those two types and like the same thing. So the, the hard candy starts off super hot. Like it looks like taffy and it starts off as that white color and they start adding colors to it and working it, working it and stretching it and working it. And next thing you know, it's ready to be stretched off and molded into the shape they want. It's really cool to watch. There's there used to be a series a series called how it's made and they would just pick a random item at a store like a cupcake or a, a piece of bread or like a piece of candy and they do a like little mini documentary series on how that item was made and candy's really cool to watch i really enjoy it which don't get that confused with the youtube series of how it's really made which isaac just introduced us to which is not child appropriate no no it's not it's not at all so uh, moving forward, the whole concept is try to use as many reusable items as humanly possible, things that can be used within the household. And if you're going to do eggs, do eggs, but make it part of breakfast, make it part of lunch. You know, do use those eggs that you're going to color because there's 
you can. Then there isn't any waste. You can even still take those dyed eggs, eggshells, and put them in the garden. You can. And I do want to just throw this out there. You don't actually have to use pre-made dyes to dye your food. You can use different spices and seasonings. You can use turmeric to make yellow dye. You can use beet juice to make like a a purple dye. You could take... Oh, Lord, have mercy. Purple cabbage and boil it and turn the water blue and reduce it and turn that into a dye. There's lots of natural things you can do to dye your food. You don't have to go buy a pre-made dye. Which, by the way, I didn't know that. And that is perfect. That is way better to do that in that manner than it is to buy the dye kits. One of the things I talked about was the local treats. I'm debating on, we have friends opening that are reopening their donut shop. And that's another thing that we could do here is instead of having a ton of treats in there, have a favorite donut along with a few other items. And it's it helps the local business and it still gets them a treat. You're right. It does. And just to throw this out there, because I'm a big advocate of that donut shop, they don't just sell donuts. They sell donuts and scones and bagels, cookies, muffins. Like They have a lot of great products. They do. They do. And I want to be able to support them. So even you know, cupcakes, something from your local companies that can really help them out and help you and your family out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we already know, don't go to the large retailers. If you're going to buy things, get them local. It's just whatever you can find local is always going to be immensely better than hitting the big box stores. The big box stores are really should be becoming obsolete, just like malls are. Malls are slowly dying, and once they die, it's going to be the big box store next. I completely agree. The thing about malls, um, malls are malls are slowly dying, but people don't realize what's really happening to them. It's not just the mall. The mall is a, a dying organ of a bigger system. Malls are put in these huge cities that have got tons of people, and they're great because there's tons of people, and it's an easy shopping center. Well, when those when those towns and those those cities don't have the like the industry and the economy to support the people anymore, the people leave. And the business dies. So malls become a thing of the past. People that are left just order online because why would they want to go walk for miles and miles in a mall to go to one store when Amazon has it for the same price or cheaper? Okay, so the last thing is, is I, I know it's different for every place you live, but make it an event. I know a friend of mine that used to, they would all go to a movie on Easter or... Uh, depending on the weather in your area, do a picnic, do something as a family, go do something. It doesn't always have to be the store bought cookie cutter, same as every, same as everybody else thing. You could just easily make a nice meal and take it to the park and I'll spend it a day. Absolutely. I think that quality time is better than, you know, quantities of dimes. I think if you're going to take time to, to make memories and enjoy each other's company, have conversations and, and forge, you know, or reforge strong family bonds, it's way better than just blowing money and useless crap that's just going to get thrown away anyways. Yeah, I mean, take the time to build a memory. Like you said, the only Easter you remember was something just different. Mm-hmm. So it is. there's value in creating a memory. And as I get older, and I, I get it, when we get older, we get more, we get softer, and I'm starting to see... Where taking that minute, taking that that couple of hours really matters. It's that memory that's gonna they're gonna hang on to even when you're not here. Absolutely. And you know that that's coming for all of us. We want to make as many imprints and positive ways there as our loved ones as we can while we're here. I agree. So I'm sure I have missed a ton of things, but shows can only be so long. And honestly, sometimes they're getting a little longer than we want sometimes. So I've been trying to trim them down a bit. That's your Uh, opinion. 
<laughs> but a, so a couple of things thank you for all of the comments recently and i've had some really really positive feedback from some listeners and it really does make me feel good because sometimes the grind of trying to do a bunch of things the it, and sometimes even the grind of doing the job of having this podcast leads us sometimes to put out something that we're worried isn't quite as good as the other or vice versa and it is pretty darn cool to hear people contacting us and saying hey man this one rocked that is always awesome to hear i really enjoyed the feedback and if nothing else it's nice to know that our ramblings are not going unheard people are actually listening and they're paying attention it makes me feel good well, on top of the fact that you're not even seeing all of them right now because people have started friending my personal Facebook. Oh, then spread the wealth, Michael. Let me know. <laughs> so I like to feel uh, good. It is, it is starting to, I get those personal messages and it really is something. It, it is really quite cool. It is really quite cool to get those personal messages. So um, thank you all of you who take the time to let us know that you're enjoying what you're hearing. Now, if you like this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. That's a great way to spread realistic sustainability to others. You can also support realistic sustainability by becoming a monthly sustainer. That can be, You can do that on our Anchor hosting site or just simply visiting greeningyourlife.org forward slash podcast. Uh, if you can't do either of those, that's perfectly fine. Just leave us a five-star review or any interaction click a like click a follow just let the system know that you're listening to us we do greatly appreciate it and let's be honest we only get together each week so that we can get a little bit better little bit little bit well someday it becomes a big bit thank you again for listening i'm mike and i'm nick and we will see you next week Hi, this is Mike, co-host of Realistic Sustainability, the podcast, which you probably already know, but I'm also the author of A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life. That was the book that led to our Facebook page, our Facebook group, and, well, even this show. It offers tips on promoting your positive footprint while decreasing your carbon footprint. So if you want to read what started all of this, get A Beginner's Guide to Greening Your Life, available on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or just visit greeningyourlife.org for more information. Thank you for joining the sustainable movement and promoting a greener future.